Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet wiener. So listen, Laverne, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about the most important live fire barbecue and grilling items of the day, the week, and the month. Sometimes the quarter, if they're stretching that long. The show coming to you from... Palm City, USA. Cleveland. Still to come on this show, the second half of the 2022 year in review. Also, Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly. We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platforms, Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch over on YouTube. There is a poll going on, and currently 67% of you are saying that you're going to eat something other than prime rib or turkey. I didn't see that one coming. I thought it was going to be prime rib in a runaway, but it's other. So what else is other? Spaghetti, pizza, I can't even think of anything else other than spaghetti or pizza if you're not going to eat prime rib or turkey for Christmas. But you tell me what you're going to be eating. We also say good evening to the folks using the audio streaming platform Clubhouse. So if you'd rather take us in audibly instead of visually, I certainly appreciate that. And you can do it over at Clubhouse. Both YouTube and Clubhouse have chat rooms. So if you want to chat with the other folks in those particular platforms, you can do that. That's also where the poll is taking place on YouTube. So if you want your vote counted specifically, you have to go over to YouTube, find the live show, and then vote prime rib, turkey, or other. And as I had mentioned, 67% of you are saying other at the moment. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 261 is hitting, taking you back to December 26, 2012. And just as we are in the middle of a 2022 year in review show, back in 2012, I attempted a roundtable year in review show. Making up the panel back then is the most likely successor to AmazingRibs.com. Clint Cantwell, old friend of the show, Shane Draper from Draper's Barbecue Products, and eventually Gorilla Grills, and then pitmaster of Whiskey Bent Barbecue, the team, and the podcast, Chadley Von Ward. What was the barbecue world like 10 years ago, you ask? Well, this will give you a great look at what the scene was like back then. It also goes to show why I might not have done a recurring year in review with a panel of people. Lots of logistics that can blow up in my face. Live and learn. And what I've learned is that me doing a year in review show solo is better than doing it with a group. But the growth of the show is dependent upon learning what works best and what doesn't work best. That didn't work best. So enjoy the look back 10 years ago and hear what we thought was the biggest surprise of 2012. 2012. 
2012 was to each one of us. Again, Clint Cantwell, Shane Draper, Chad Ward, and myself making up the year in review panel. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment again that has been lost in the archives, email John and let him know what you would like to hear. J-O-N at the BBQ centralshow.com remaining shows in december aka the rest of the year noah glanville of pit barrel cooker coming on next week in the first hour and then in the second hour we meet once more before the year comes to a close with the embedded correspondence and there is a pretty good chance that at least half of us are going to come in contact with those beyond meat seared steak tips and i might be one of them Got the middle daughter out at Walmart in East Lake, Ohio right now, chasing them down. According to the app, there were three bags left. Now you might be thinking, well, probably not going to happen. Well, two weeks ago, there were six bags left. <laughs> so I think we're okay. <laughs> Who knows, though? I don't. But we're going to put it to the test if she comes back successful with seared take uh, steak tips from Beyond Meat. Actually, it might be dinner tomorrow. Why not? Email from Michael. Greg, listening to your show this morning on the way to work, you were talking about a previous episode on college athletics. I am a little behind catching up on the podcast, so missed that episode specifically, although it is on my to-listen-to list. Figured I should reach out before I forgot about it. Daughter's 15, a freshman this year, but loves soccer. Not sure she's cut out for the next level, but we have a few years to go. Son is 12, but from what I have seen, not a bad little baseball player. I can see him moving on to the next level. Long ways for him, and so much can change, but any insight you might have, I would love to hear. I know I was put off by baseball in high school due to coaches, and my daughter is kind of getting the same vibe from her high school coaches right now. Longtime listener since before 2010, but only podcast. Thanks, Michael. Look at you. Since before 2010, the live show has only been around two years prior to that. So what was it specifically, Michael? Was it 2009 or 2008? Was it just the original podcast before the live show started in 2008? I would love to know. So you got some athletes on your hands, which is great. Uh, even the freshmen, and it sounds like maybe college isn't going to be where she ends up. But even a freshman in high school right now, that's a long way to go to get through high school, get into college, and then make that commitment to playing college. Certainly in your mind as an athlete, as a parent, you're going to want to make up your mind in the high school years on if that's something that you actually want to do as a family. And for both of the sports that your kids are in, regardless of daughter or son, you have soccer player, you have a baseball player. I can tell you right now, as somebody who's been involved in travel softball and uh, travel volleyball, still in travel volleyball, you don't need to play high school soccer and you don't need to play high school baseball in order to be seen and ultimately get an offer from a college team. That's what the travel sport is for. Your most elite competition is going to be on a travel soccer team. Your most elite baseball players are going to be on a travel baseball team. And then if you're playing at school for fun, but there's no baseball coach, 
And there's no elite soccer coach at the college level that's going to be coming to your high school, I don't want to say never, but 5% or less, are going to come to your high school to watch your singular kid kick the ball around or play baseball when they can go to a soccer tournament or a baseball tournament for a whole weekend that isn't in competition with their schedule because typically your high school season and their college season are in competition with each other, so they're not going to leave their regular season to come and watch you during your high school season. That's not going to happen. They're in their job at that point. But they will show up for a weekend when they're not in conflict with schedules to watch 100 or 200 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, whatever class they're looking to recruit for at whatever tournament that you're in. And the higher level that you're at, the more elite and higher the divisions are going to be. So I don't want to take a dump on high school sports, but basketball, boys or girls, baseball, boys, softball, girls, Track, I think, has club as well, or an inside-outside season. The only sport you still have to play for college is football. There's not travel football yet. And I don't know if that's something that's ever going to happen. Otherwise, I think it would have seen the light of day by this point. But almost every other sport in high school, if you want to play at the college level, you don't have to play in high school in order to get there. You get your looks and you get your offers by marketing yourself on a website, sports website specific, going out to college, and then you play for the club teams so those coaches can go to those specific tournaments over the weekend and see a glut of the most elite athletes at that age group. That's the best way to do it. And as we talk about college, my final piece of advice, Michael, don't shy away from NAIA schools. There's no rules there. They have full-ride scholarships. They don't have all these contact, non-contact things like NCAA has. Don't fall for NCAA BS. Division One, Division Two, Division Three doesn't give scholarships, but they have workarounds with grants and so forth if you're really good. But NAIA schools are nothing to sneeze at. And if you're really good, you want to play. Whether you get to college, you don't want to sit the bench in college. You've put in all this work, all this effort to better your skills. You don't want to just sit on the bench when you get to college. So you might have to bump down a level. Instead of Division One, you might go to Division Two. Instead of Division Two, you might go NAIA. But don't sleep on NAIA schools. Don't let anybody tell you that those are inferior talents. They're not. And they got money. And you, if you're a committed athlete, you can play all year round. No rules. Just right. We will continue with our 2022 year in review. But before we do that, I will tell you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, 
Cattle Pride, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition scene and in the backyard. 13 perfectly balanced flavors, transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for new go-to sauce that will please everybody, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're also selling cookers. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know what grill you might want or need, call them and ask questions, 878 878- I'm sorry, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or just shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. We are back with more Year in Review. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. If you're a beginner or if you're a professional, it doesn't matter. A cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. So we were in the middle of May getting through the year in review. Tim Shear was on in May. Well, at least he was set to come on to talk about the impending Memphis in May contest in 2022, but he missed the segment. Now, normally I wouldn't reference this, but it plays a role in a future interview. If you're a fan of the show, then you know where this is going to lead. Also, there was a bonus content episode in May. The Bad Jew, Rebecca King, came back to Cleveland, and we met up at Larder Delicatessen in Hingetown and did a podcast recording about where her career is going and what she hopes to do in the near-slash-midterm future. By the way, her pork strami was indeed incredible. She travels with 20s and 20s of pounds of pork strami at all times. She's giving them to TSA. She's giving them to the owner of Larder, Jeremy Yamansky. She's giving pork strami to me. She's doling it out. A proselytizer of her own product, which I certainly appreciate. You can get the bonus segment in the podcast feed. I referenced Tim Shear a few minutes ago. Well, he showed up this time and was part of the team that won Memphis in May 2020. So we openly talked about If this is going to be a trendsetter for the show karma working in reverse, many consider the Blues Hog team win this year at Memphis and May to be the most impressive win in the history of Memphis and May. I do agree with that part. However, I do not think anybody should be booking a show and then shining on it in hopes of winning. That's not a good idea. But that was a huge win on many levels. If we want to factor in the fact that he missed the first interview and somehow that played into it, I won't argue that much, but again, I'm not promoting the people book appearances on the show before competitions and then not show up on the show in hopes that they're going to win. It doesn't usually work out like that. 
Uh, Chuck Blount from the San Antonio Express News once again came back on in May and proclaimed that smoked burgers were going to become a thing and begin to show up on all the barbecue restaurant menus in Texas. He explained why they are delicious and why, from a business standpoint, it makes sense for everyone to have them on their menus. Also, the 2022 Barbecue Hall of Fame class was officially announced and exclusively announced right here on this show at the end of May. Making the class up was Leanne Whippin, Joe Traeger, Ed Mitchell, and John Marcus. Ramsey Hawfield from Next Grill came on the show for the first time. We talked about the history and setup of the company as well as the latest product that was hitting the market at the time, the Nevo 720 Plus Smart Grill. You might recall that this grill is the one that had the built-in air fryer attached to the grill. Not sure how it ended up selling, but the concert was certainly, I'm uh, sorry, the concert, the concept was originally, was certainly original. I wonder how many people actually bought into the value and pulled the trigger on it. If you did, I would love to hear your feedback on that. Then we rolled into June. Friend of show, Mark Williams, announced that he had been introduced to the tasty flesh of milk cows and claimed how delicious they were. He also made his first set of promises to me, this again back in June, that he was going to see his way clear to send me some of those milk cows because he had a source promised and then additional promises. And as the year closes out, no milk cow steaks for me. Adrian Miller stopped by and we talked about the James Beard Award nomination for his book, Black Smoke. I also asked him about the 2022 Barbecue Hall of Fame Impact Award going to the unsung black barbecue cooks. I told him I thought that that was a lazy choice and a lazy thing to do, but he told me why the committee did it and why that was actually not a lazy thing to do, and that was a great conversation. Meathead talked about combustion and charcoal, and many of you thought that conversation was specifically great. John Marcus came on the show. After a lengthy time away, we talked about his getting into the aforementioned Barbecue Hall of Fame. And then we went on a journey back as I got the full origin story from John. We went long on this one, long enough to the point where I actually took the first ever pee break uh -oh. during the segment. It was an honor for me to lead the discussion and the fact that John was so open and honest only led to the greatness of the story. My favorite two parts, if I had to pick two parts, was the story about where he goes into Bob Hope's trailer in order to like cold call him to try and write stuff for him, and he's caught up with Miss Ohio at the time, or was it Miss Columbus? And then, of course, the part where he's at home back in London, Ohio. His dad was still down on him being this TV producer, so he goes out for a walk. And as he's strolling his neighborhood at the time, the Cosby show was coming on Thursdays at eight o'clock or whatever it was. Every house that he's walking by, every house is tuned to the Cosby show and hearing him recount that story was absolutely magical. So if you missed that John Marcus interview, go back and get that in June. Uh, Zach Myron made his first appearance on the show from Oklahoma Joe. We talked about the, Rider DLX pellet cooker and how it was bringing something new to the market. This version, an improvement over the first generation model. And as someone who has had personal use of this cooker now for months, I do like it. it does have uh, 
some of the bells and whistles, but not all of the bells and whistles that you would typically find with cookers in this price range. However, I will I will sacrifice some nonsense for a cooker that's actually well built and feels like it will last a long time, and I do think that DLX fits right into that wheelhouse. Derek Riches wrote an article on how to become a social media influencer, and the Embedded Correspondence and I reviewed the then newly released Wagyu Burger from Arby's, which has just recently been re-released as I'm seeing commercials for it. So if you missed it the first time, get it this time. But be prepared, in my opinion, for average product at best. Remember, Arby's has no grill. So as Bill Oakley, fast food expert of the Barbecue Central Show, explained to us when we had him on, the burgers are sous vide and then finished in the deep fryer. The final season... I'm sorry, the the finals of Season 3 of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition took place. John and myself made it into the finals where we sang a duet pre-recorded, and then we sang live in the finals. Who took the crown? All shall be revealed here shortly. Then we move into July, the month where I single-handedly introduced all of you to the food trend of 2022, the mayo as a binder food trend. This is when it was first mentioned during the segment with Malcolm Reed, and it spun off into a social media sensation and frenzy that we know today. No matter what that Dick Pace character says, it's mine all mine. <laughs> Season three of Barbecue Central Show's American Idol came to a close, and guess who was crowned as the winner? Me! <laughs> yes, sir! I sang Wanted Dead or Alive live on the show and while I kept it low key the first half I brought the thunder in the second half that put me over the top I didn't win by a huge amount John brought it strong as usual looking to repeat as champion however I was able to foil his attempt and not only did I win the championship I often said if I ever win it then this show is over not this show but the American Idol show is going to be over. So moving forward, no idol. Don't worry about that. Famous food writer and world record holder Larry Olmstead made his debut on the show, which was a great kickoff segment. And I hate to say I lost track of him getting on again because there's just so much content we cover with him. However, I will do better in 2023 should he come back on again, but it was great to have Larry on for the first time. Also in July, Stephen Reichland told me that Tommy the Rock Opera was life-changing. So I listened to it from start to finish, and after review, I have to say it's easily one of the biggest wastes of time in my life. Yes, the subject matter is pretty heavy, but the music was as bad as it gets, so I continue to question Stephen's musical choices as we move forward in 2022. Travis McGee from M-Grills joined the show. We talked about how he sold his company, M-Grills, to a big industrial manufacturing company and welding company in Nebraska. And as I just saw today, is actually stepping back from being the creative director employed with that company and branching out on his own. So he's fully divested out of that completely at this stage. Jonathan Jones from Smoke and Hope made his debut on the show in July. We talked about how he got into barbecue and then how he created his foundation, Smoke and Hope. He's also an ambassador for Oklahoma Joe's. We talked about how that relationship came to be. Then we move into August. I'm never going to get through the end of this. 
Leading off the month of August, the former CEO at KCBS, Emily Detweiler, this was the first time she came on the show just as a person, not affiliated with Barbecue or KCBS. We talked about why she stepped down as CEO, where she was going. She also mentioned that the first edition of the Competitive Stake Association was worse than their current Competitive Stake Association. I say they are equally sucky. I question, did they even have a competitive stake event this year? Even after all of the hype and here are the rules and they were anti-SCA, blah, blah, blah. Did they even have one? I don't remember hearing about one. However, she says the second version better than the first version. August was also the month that Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com made his debut on the show. He has made a number of appearances since then. In fact, Wes will be a monthly contributor, as I told you last week, to the show in 2023. And as I've said on more than one occasion, he has the best barbecue and grilling website for news in the industry. And you should be visiting every day, at least every other day, because he's posting a whole bunch of stuff. Super fan of the show, budding YouTube sensation, and now food trailer operator Joe Martinez made his debut on the show. We talked about his experience using my 2022 food trend of the year, mayo bindered brisket. And in the final analysis, while it did seem a bit weird, it did produce an incredible bark and a great end product. He's in the chat room to confirm that. And there's video on the internet that also confirms that. There was a bonus content episode with Primo Grills airing directly from their manufacturing facility in Missouri. That was very cool to do the first-time combined employee and customer event and promote it right here on the show. New CEO of the KCBS, Rod Gray, came on to talk about the new opportunity and why he took the position. We also talked about what he looks to do in those first 90 days or so. He then pressed me to become a lifetime member of KCBS. I immediately declined. I remain unaffiliated with any barbecue organization to stay as unbiased as possible. Chris Young from Combustion Inc. came back on the show to talk about his research on sous vide steaks versus reverse seared steaks. It was a great segment. He has a great video up on his YouTube page. But the biggest takeaway for me during the segment was how much meat will carry over after it came off the heat. It was like 15 or 20 degrees. It was incredible. John Furman from Bub and Mothers made his debut on the show. We talked about why he decided to get in the rub biz. He also talked about how he's helping veteran charities in his local area, but plans to have a much deeper reach moving forward into 2023. By the way, the rubs are really good. Highly suggest you try those. Host of the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast, Johnny Mags, made his debut on the show. He was on with the most recent guest, uh, Mr. Jonathan. From the Cigar Authority, we recap their burger battle that they had at Two Guys Smoke Shop in New Hampshire. Johnny Mags came out on top, of course. And then we won into September. We let off September as we do each month with Malcolm Reed. However, we really dug into the state of Memphis in May. If you recall, there was a letter put out basically saying that the non-refundable deposit for barbecue vendors and barbecue teams was somewhere in the neighborhood of $8,000. And we talked about why that would be and how many regular barbecue competitors and vendors that would actually affect and what an attendance might look like in 2023 if the $8,000 non-refundable amount stayed intact. I've sent 
many, many letters asking for follow-ups at uh, Memphis and May International, but I've heard nothing back from them, which is weird. However, I have heard that the refundable amount or the non-refundable amount has backed off considerably, but I have no confirmation from the Memphis and May organization on that, but we will continue to track that. We finally met the creator of the Barbecue Central Show Animations, Damian Rodriguez, as a 17-year-old. We learned about how Damian got into animation and what he hopes to do as he gets further into his career. The bottom line is, great kid, and man, what a talent. You've seen all the animations during the course of the year, and I don't know if anybody could do them better. Meathead busted the myth if you're looking. You're not cooking. Wes Wright came back on the show in September. We started talking about the emergence of full-size electric grills into the marketplace, and we both agreed this was going to be not this was not going to be a flash in the pan. This was going to be a thing. In September, I emceed the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest, where I met social media sensation grilling with dad. I got to work with DivaQ once again. And finally met show contributor Mike Lang of Another Pint Please in person. We even shared a premium cigar after the event. And the event was the best to date. I look forward to doing it again in 2023, should they have me back. Uh, coming up, or my next guest coming up, I actually had a visit with in August as well. Daniel Vaughn came on for his quarterly appearance and schooled us on the history of offset smokers in Texas. Spoiler alert. It's not something that has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years. So be sure to check that conversation out if you missed it. Derek Riches and I talked about the probability of hybrid cookers becoming a thing in 2023. This would be a cooking chamber that was fueled on two sides. One side is a offset cooker and the other side is a pellet hopper slash cooker side. Closing out September, the Embedded Correspondence and I ushered in a new Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame class. That included the likes of Chris Lilly, Donnie Bray, Noah Glanville, Connie Rempe, and Mike Mills. Then October happened, and one of the best barbecue joints in Texas, Leonard Batello of Truth Barbecue, joined me for the first time. We talked about his culinary story, how that led him to barbecue, and what it's actually like when you make the Texas Monthly Barbecue list top 50 for the first time. We also talked about how achieving that can really mess with business if you aren't ready to ramp up to meet the demand that is surely coming. There was a bonus content dropped in October as well. The American Royal Barbecue Contest, for the first time ever, had a winner on both sides, the Invitational and Open, which you normally do every year, except this was done by the same team, QU. Pitmaster Grant Basilier joined me to talk about the achievement of winning both the Invitational and then waking up the next day hungover and winning the Open and how he got into competition barbecue in the first place. Meathead debunked the myth of juices running clear in your poultry. Robert Moss released the Southern Living Top 50 Barbecue Joints. Owner of Pits and Spits, Ryan Zabril, stopped by for a discussion on hybrid cookers. Two options, $5,000 and $10,000 if you've always wanted to start a cook in an offset and then have a pellet cooker take over at some point later during the cook. This is something you're going to want to check out, of course. Also in October, we met the owner of Go Big or Go Barbecue, Aaron Huntelman, for the first time, a local Cleveland guy who actually won the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest, but he also sells his line of rubs and sauces, all of which are very good. I highly recommend the barbecue sauce. I find that to be exceptionally good. Chris Schaefer from Heavy Smoke came on the show, talked about winning the 2022 Jack Daniels World Barbecue Championship. We talked about why the Jack has such a mystique 
and why Pitmasters would trade away all of their other wins, almost all of them, to get this specific win. We also talked about how the win helped jump sales at his restaurant. Also in October, we met guys who invented something called the Turbo Truster. Kirk and Brian stopped by. We dug into their backgrounds, found out that they both really like venting things. They came up with the Turbo Truster together and decided this was the one that was going to win. They eventually went on the TV show Shark Tank, and they got picked up by Kevin O'Leary. We talked about the appearance and how getting Mr. Wonderful on board was going to help the growth of the company going into the future. This was one of my favorite conversations of 2022, hands down. Kirk and Brian, exceptionally open, exceptionally honest, even rolled with my punches that I threw just because I'm a douche. And a great listen if you missed it. Friend of the show, Sean Walchef, came back on from Cali Barbecue, talked about the benefits of smartphone storytelling, especially if you are a business of any type. You telling your story, far more compelling than having somebody else do it for you. Sean has been a longtime proselytizer of this and went in-depth on how to do it and what benefits you will see as a business if you decide to do it, which there are many. And you know what? I'm still not done with 2022. November November and December still yet to go, but I tried really hard. But Daniel Vaughn has said enough of the year in review. It's time for me, so we will abide. Before we get to Daniel, I'll talk to you about week 23. So look, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but the last 30 days have been a little troubling in the Rampy House. So I wasn't on the program as much as I would like. However, things are starting to normalize, or at least normalize as much as possible. So we're back on it. We kept in communication. I talked to him about where I was, what I was doing, what I wasn't doing. And now that we've started the week, week 23, back at it, we've made some weight readjustments. We've made some dietary adjustments to help get me back on track, lean out a little bit, uh, start to do the rebuild of muscle, all that good stuff. And we're only a couple weeks away from the end of the year. So if you are the person that needs to have the year turn before you decide you want to make that lifestyle adjustment, get in contact with David now and have a plan in place. When the year turns, you are ready to go. David Leans, L-E-A-N-S, davidleans.com slash BBQ is the place to go. That's davidleans.com slash BBQ. Talk to him. Tell him where you're at. He will meet you where you're at, not physically, but he will meet you where you're at in a health sense, get a grasp of what you're looking to do, and then put a plan in place to help you start initially and then constantly revising. If you have questions, you text, you call, you can video chat with him. He's pretty much 24-7 available. If you got 200 bucks a month to do it like I do, it's an investment in yourself. You have to make the commitment. He's there to hold you accountable and answer all the questions and make sure that you are on the path to the best version of you. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. Do it before the year ends. Join me. I'm only 23 weeks ahead of you. Let's go. We are back with Daniel Vaughn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. The popular committed coach program for 2023 is still in effect. Teams participating will receive a premium swag kit, coupons, surprises through the season. Spots are limited, so hurry on over smokingwithsmithfield.com to sign up now. Helping me close the show tonight, barbecue editor for Texas Monthly Magazine. You also see him on this show for quarterly visits through this year, 2022, as we talk about things going on in Texas and in the barbecue slash food world in general. We welcome back friend of the show, Daniel Vaughn. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Greg. How's it going? Good to uh, see you. Absolutely fabulous. Great to see you as always. And we have some topics for this evening. But before we do that... Let's talk about 2022 food trends that you wish you never saw happen. What was the one that infuriated you the most? Uh, I guess butter boards. Yeah. Don't need any more of that. They were all over Instagram. I, it was a little ridiculous. I didn't even know. This just goes to show my lack of social media savvy. I knew, like, uh, what was the board board sauce that adam perry lang made like 15 years ago or you lay yes, the olive oil the, the butter sauce, whatever yeah. board sauce like that's the most recent board anything that i knew about and then just a few days ago i was watching my pal john solberg on his instagram and he does the duets where he's commenting on somebody else's production somebody yeah. was like had a board and it was peanut butter and jelly and peanut butter and jelly, like all the way down the board so this is like a whole thing that I missed out on was custom boards. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's like, uh, I guess people got bored with, I'm sorry, people got bored with charcuterie boards. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, and so, yeah, they moved on to butter boards and I think even like dessert boards where you lay down icing. Um, yeah, just uh yeah, just different ways of taking things out of a tub and putting it onto a horizontal surface. Well, I'm glad somehow I missed that one. Usually I'm pretty up on my trends because, you know, most of the time they're ridiculous and I just love to shit all over them. But this one completely missed me. And I guess I'm at, at, at this stage, I'm glad I missed it. Well, yeah, I mean, Instagram is its own little universe sometimes and, 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 Quite often, I, I notice things in that universe don't make them anywhere outside of that universe. Does Texas Monthly tell you to be active on Instagram? Do they want you to have a fervent and engaged following? It, it's not so. It's not something that they that we really talk about much. Uh, I think they enjoy that I'm active on on Instagram. I used to be more active on Twitter than I am these days. Um, Twitter's changed so much. I just think that most of what I'm broadcasting uh, makes more sense on Instagram. One of the things we're talking about here this evening, well, let's start here since Christmas is only a handful of days away and we're obviously in the midst of Hanukkah barbecue ornaments. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a few here and there over the years, but is this the year that there was a onslaught of a host of barbecue ornaments? I mean, I certainly saw saw a whole lot more from different grills and smokers. Um, you know, Traeger's got their own. Um, Santa's got his own design. Um, you know, there's certainly the Weber kettle, your your standard offset smoker. But yeah, I, th I think this year I've, I saw a lot more 
Um, a lot more were just sort of entering my feed or my Amazon suggestions, things like that. And so I decided, uh, you know, my my tree at home, our family Christmas tree, we have a ton of ornaments, of course, but we also have a ton of barbecue ornaments. And I thought maybe it was just time to get my own barbecue tree. <laughs> um, and so I've got a, a smaller fake tree and it's really dedicated to just barbecue ornaments. So I, I pulled a couple of them off and, and by barbecue, this is like a, 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 a kind of a loose theme. I mean, obviously you got uh, barbecue sauce. Yes. Very nice. Uh, obvious one. Right. Um, but you know, I've got, uh, I, I think if we're doing a barbecue tree, then, you know, a loaf of white bread. Yeah. What's better I than mean, that, what that, goes better with Texas barbecue than white bread. Slices? Right. And so I've got a, a half a red onion up there. I've got uh, uh, I got pick, a pickle. Pickle now is that's good luck in the German culture. Do you have a roll of uh, butcher paper ornament? Uh, there is a roll of toilet paper on the other tree. That was to commemorate <laughs> 2020. Uh, but no, I don't have. A, I guess I could paint that one brown, but uh, I don't. I don't think I want brown toilet paper on my tree. The instant chat question in YouTube tonight is. What are you having for Christmas, prime rib, turkey, or other? And at this stage of the show, 69% of voters are saying they're having other. Are you having other? I am having other as well. Oh. Uh, I had this conversation with my family, and uh, I have been feeding them and, of course, eating along with them so much steak. Uh, I've been eating and, and really just uh, – looking through all these different uh, Wagyu companies and, and Wagyu ranches all over Texas and, and trying their beef. And so we'll have, you know, steak two, three nights in a row. Mm. And so when I brought up the idea of just one, you know, massive piece of prime rib, it was sort of like, maybe we need a break from that. Wow. Um, you know, we, we've just been eating too much great beef. Uh, no, we're not taking <laughs> too much. of We're not. We're, I, yes, they are. I'm raising snobs. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'm not going totally away from beef, uh, uh, but for ease of uh, ease of cooking and just something a little bit different, uh, I'm going to do some some nice rolls with uh, a smoked tenderloin. Mm -hmm. uh, the tenderloin is going to get chilled overnight, bring it out the next morning, um, you know, let it get up to room temp a bit, slice it thin, make a nice uh, mustard mayo horseradish sauce. Oh. And uh, yeah. And I'm also going to do a chicken roulade, uh, basically take a whole chicken, debone it, uh, stuff it with some herbs, um, wrap it up and uh, tie it up and put it on my rotisserie on the grill. Huh. So you get a nice crispy skin, nice juicy meat, and then you, you just, yeah, you just slice it right on down through, not worrying about the bones. So I'm going to have both of those there, uh, both of those on the table. When we talk about Texas brisket or brisket cooking in general, there always is a, a portion, whether I'm doing a round table, talking to a pit master, or just some other backyard hack like me, when are we going to wrap it? And for the last handful of years is, are we going to wrap it in foil or are we going to use this newfangled butcher paper that everybody's into at this point and everybody's getting custom peach butcher paper, blah, blah, blah. And as I'm reading Texas Monthly's or the TMBBQ.com website, there's something that makes an appearance that I wasn't necessarily familiar with. I'm familiar with foil, obviously, but not familiar with foil boats, but you had a whole piece on foil boats. So where did it come from and what are the benefits? 
Well, it was really born at Friedman's Bar in Austin, the late Friedman's Bar in Austin, uh, which Evan Leroy was the pitmaster at. Actually, quite a few big names in Texas barbecue came through there. So uh, Brad Robinson, who is Chud's Barbecue, if you've seen his YouTube channel, uh, he was one of the pitmasters there. Um, and so the, the two of them, I think, are the biggest proponents of it now. So Evan Leroy is at Leroy and Lewis Barbecue, and uh, they only cook brisket on the weekends. Uh, they do beef cheeks uh, every other day of the week, uh, but they use that foil boat method, which um, it's it's a little different than you know wrapping the whole thing in foil, and it's uh, quite a bit different than using the butcher paper. <coughs> the whole idea of the butcher paper is that um, you know it still breathes and and all that. So here you want to really hold the juices in. Is a so, is a traditional Texas barbecue a I don't know, crispy bark always sounds unappetizing to me, but is that something that you would traditionally find on the Texas brisket? Yeah, um, a good stout bark is something you would traditionally find. And really, the the butcher paper is one of those things that really has um, that's really waned with the popularity of butcher paper. Uh, the butcher paper doesn't really allow for a really stout bark, like a crunchy bark, like uh, you know the one that you're going to run the back of your knife against and and actually uh, hear it scraping, like you would maybe a crispy skin on a pork belly. Yeah. But the foil boat, uh, it it holds the you know all the juices in underneath the brisket, uh, but you're you're literally like creating a bit of a collar, like a little jacket around the brisket, but leaving the top of it completely exposed. And so that, uh, you're able to, you know, get that, that hot smoke and everything still running across the top of that brisket in the offset smoker. So you still get, uh, that additional smoke and it's drying it out, continuing to dry it out and continuing to get that, that bark more and more stout. So when you get that finished product, when you get that slice of brisket on your plate or on your platter, um, it has an actual crunch to it. And uh, with a, a place that's using, you know, your standard butcher paper, certainly a place that's using uh, aluminum foil to completely uh, wrap the brisket, you're not going to have that uh, sort of difference in textural variation on the bark of the brisket like you would with the foil boat. So typically when you're wrapping it, regardless of foil or butcher paper, you know going into it, you're sacrificing that crispy bark for something that's going to be a little bit more pliable but to me you're doing it for something completely different you're going to push it through the cooking process when you're wrapping it up so if you're foil boating it does that also then eliminate the added benefit of wrapping it one way or the other yeah um certainly it's not going to hold in the heat you know you're, you're literally leaving the entire top of the brisket that all of that fat cap exposed and so yeah you're not going to have that more rapid cooking toward the end like you would once you wrap something up completely in butcher paper or foil um, the the other benefit of wrapping in paper um, or foil would be that you know it's easier to store in your warmer as well so um, you know, there are some downsides to it, but certainly for a backyard cook, I, I think it's something worth trying uh, to see if you really like that texture. Uh, I did a side-by-side by side tasting of a, a foil wrap brisket, a, a butcher paper wrap brisket, and a foil boat brisket at Goldie's Barbecue. And um, Brad Robinson was also on the tasting panel, panel and several of the folks from Goldie's. And, and while we had differing opinions on um, you know, which ones we like the best, 
everybody recognized the, the benefit of having that nice crunchy fat cap and could immediately pick out which one was the foil boat one. Do you see it catching on in 2023 or pitmasters in Texas going to this? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, um, with, with so many, so many YouTube channels out there and, uh, so many, uh, other, so many barbecue joints trying to create content for sites like Instagram. Uh, I think they're all willing to try something new if only for the purpose of having some content. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we will see quite a bit more of it. And, you know, I think if you, if you're somebody who, who likes that crunch, it's going to be hard to go back. So if we're talking about traditional barbecue, the other thing we wanted to talk about this evening was savory spare ribs going the way of the dinosaur potentially. So my thought is, is you know, especially as you read through the article is that back in the day ribs were like this. And then at some point ribs switch to sweet candy, like, you know, there seems to be a, I have no way of verifying this, but the, when you talk to people or you take the poll of the general public, they like a sweeter or more candied rib. Forget about what kind of tenderness <clears throat> they like, but just from a flavor profile, that's what they like. So a, is it true? Was it a savory rib in the beginning? And then somewhere did it flex? When did it flex? And are we going to get back to a savory rib? Yeah, I think at least in Texas, uh, certainly the old school meat market style barbecue joints were predominantly doing a savory pork rib. So uh, salt and pepper or salt and pepper and cayenne, salt, pepper and garlic. Uh, but really your predominant flavors were that salt and pepper. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, as you said, much like in the competition circuit, if it's not sweet, it's not going to win, right? Uh, there is a, a draw to a sweet rib. Uh, sweet flavors and pork, I think, go together a lot better than sweet flavors and beef. Um, and, you know, also in this in this age where so much of barbecue is visual, um, is it going to be attractive to the eye, whether it's on Instagram or whether it's going to be just on the cutting block, the sheen of that sweet rib as well is something that I think is really appealing to folks, um, appealing to pit masters to be able to put out there. Um, but, but I think, uh, there's been the, the trend I think has gone just, just too deep into barbecue culture in Texas. And when I was looking through, uh, it started with a, a bite of a rib at Micklewaite Craft Meats, who um, actually is not a, a truly savory rib. They've got a little bit of sugar in there, but it's predominantly savory. Like that's the flavors that come through. And it was eating that rib. It was almost like nostalgic. Like, uh, wow, this is this tastes like a throwback rib from a, a barbecue truck in Austin that's 10 years old. And so I went back to look at the top 50, our latest top 50 from 2021. And so few of them we're serving that savory rib and it was a little eye opening. Like, wow, like what is happening here where, um, uh, the, the trend has really just overtaken things. And, you know, I think that, uh, much like when, when Franklin, Aaron Franklin was, uh, you know, releasing his book and videos and, and all of a sudden everyone was doing this, uh, you know, this simply seasoned brisket, uh, that was wrapped in butcher paper, uh, you know, that, that trend really just overtook things. And, uh, you know, I, it was sort of telling on myself, right? Like I'm looking at this top 50 that I had a huge part in compiling <laughs> and saying, 
you know, I don't want that to happen to these sweet ribs that now uh, prospective pitmasters or the ones who are doing savory ribs right now feel like to, to make an impact that they need to add those sweet flavors. And so I highlighted some of my favorites around the state and really my favorite one of, of all of them ended up being at Guest Family Barbecue in Waco. And they were the simplest of all. There was, uh, it was just salt and pepper for the seasoning. Uh, they didn't spritz them with anything. They didn't wrap them up in anything. They didn't glaze them with anything. It was just salt, pepper, smoke, put them on, smoke them, take them off and cut them up. And uh, I mean, they were spectacular, right? Just good fatty pork ribs and, uh, you know, a lot of smoke flavor. And, you know, the, the pepper was even kind of light. So it's really just about this, that savory pork flavor. And I think if, uh, I think if you were to try them side by side and you can at guest family, like sweet mm -hmm. ribs are so popular in Texas. They also serve a sweet glazed rib of the same variety. Spare ribs just at the end, they sweet glaze them. So you can get, you know, one or the other, but um, as they like to say, the, their simple spare ribs and their simple brisket, it's, it's barbecue the way that Jesus ate it. Uh, <laughs> just as, as simple and, and down to the basics as possible. Is the, consuming public the one demanding the sweet rib or does the restaurant tour are they guessing that that's what they want and and they're all kind of caught up in this ball yeah i mean i think if you give a, a sweet rib to somebody they're probably not going to throw it back at you just because it's got a little sugar on it right it's going to be a, probably a little more tantalizing <laughs> um but but i think they kind of get old uh more quickly at a place like Louis Miller Barbecue, I was surprised. This is a place that's been around since the 40s, and it's a recent addition that uh, I ordered. I went in there and ordered some spare ribs, and right before they served them, they they sliced them up and then they uh, sprayed on a, a sweet barbecue sauce. Hmm. It's a thinned out barbecue sauce, but still, this sweet sauce. And and Wayne Miller, the owner there, he just said, "Well, you know, since I've started doing them this way, I'm selling like four times as many ribs." And he said, I really wow. think it has to do with the, the, the customer because uh, they're cutting everything and serving everything, you know, in a in a line where that customer who's about to order gets to see everything that's, you know, gotten ordered and trade uh, by the person in front of them. And he said that that glaze, that that sheen on those ribs just helps sell them uh, more than anything else could. Well, I'm a fan of old school barbecue. I'm not a big crunchy bark guy myself, but uh, I, I like the simple flavors. And well, I think I make a, a pretty good barbecue sauce. In the end, it's way more vinegar based than it would be a Kansas City or a overly sweet style. And I think that's why it also seems to complement chicken and brisket if you wanted to pork butt for pulled pork sandwiches and then ribs. But I'm a fan of just plain, you know, no sauce or sauce on the side so you can try it and then, you know, dip a little bit into the sauce if you wanted to just for compare and contrast. But maybe this is something that'll that'll pick back up. But if the consumer is the one driving it, then even if we want to sit there and honk all day long on the simple flavors, uh, restaurants are not going to go away from what's making them money. That's why they're in business in the first place. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I guess part of my goal was to try and get 
consumers out there to start paying attention um, to this trend. And if they, if they don't like it to certainly voice their opinion. And um, if they want to see what they're missing, if they're just eating sweet ribs now and want to see what they're, where they're missing, then I offered some places they could go give it a try. And uh, I don't know, maybe that'll change the minds. Next time we will cover Los Angeles barbecue and maybe you'll have gone up North and you can tell us about the legend of Matt Horn as well. Yeah, yeah, I I do want to get to Oakland and try Horn Barbecue for sure. I've took a recent trip to California and was able to try um, several places, but Moose Craft and Heritage Barbecue were the main reasons I was going. Heritage Barbecue down in San Juan Capistrano, Moose Craft Barbecue in L.A., both places that started as underground barbecue joints yeah. doing it illegally, and both of them uh, being places that have really brought like legal wood cooking barbecue to California. Uh, really for the first time. And I, I think the way that they're cooking and the way that they sort of demanded uh, and, and were persistent about the way they wanted to cook helped really change even some of the state laws in California that uh, are going to make it easier for new barbecue joints to come along the way and, and cook with wood. All right. So we'll dig into that a little bit more next time. But as we close out here in 2022, a happy holidays the rest of the year and happy new year. And, uh, Many, many thanks for doing the quarterly segments here in 2022, and we look forward to rekindling those in 2023. Have a great night. Oh, okay. All right. I, I was hoping you were going to ask. Always, of I course. Feeling like, I was feeling like this was my end-of-the-year review, <laughs> uh, see if I was going to get invited back next year. Yeah, we'll do it again next year for sure. All right. All excellent. Right. Well, happy holidays to you and yours. Daniel Vaughn right there. He's back for quarterly segments in 2023, so looking forward to that. And then digging in a little bit more on the Los Angeles area barbecue. As he said, Moose and Heritage, both underground illegal barbecue joints as they started and now changing the game out there. And then hopefully he can poke up to Oakland where the legend of Matt Horn continues to grow to heroic status at this point. I've been chasing him for a year to try and get an interview. We've actually corresponded. Let's do this. And then it just breaks apart. But such is my mania as a host and show booker. We'll continue to try. We continue to try. We'll see how it goes from here. And we thank Daniel Vaughn for joining us. Texas Monthly's barbecue editor, tmbbq.com is his website, so make sure that you are headed over there to check out everything that's going on. Back in the day, watches were made to be worn in the pocket after World War II. Wrist watches came into vogue. Pocket watches quickly became an afterthought, finding their way into sock drawers and scrap heaps. Quite simply a tragedy. Enter Vortic Watch Company, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and taking it to the present day where wristwatches are finding incredible popularity once again. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortec makes is unique and one of a kind. Vortec founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more info. That's VorticWatches.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. 
Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And we thank Daniel Vaughn for joining us last segment, tmbbq.com, his website. And he said he's not as active on Twitter as he once was, but he's BBQ snob over on Twitter. Now frequenting Instagram a little bit more. He's probably BBQ snob over there as well. Search for him, then follow regardless. Let's go ahead and break out of here all the way back in the first hour. I let off with the first portion of the 2022 Barbecue Central Show's year in review. After that, we talked with Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority. What you should be buying the cigar lover, how you can sleuth out somebody looking to get into it. What you should be buying a cigar smoker currently without going up and asking them where you should be spending money on gifts that you don't normally have to spend money. He said a cutter. We also talked about the gross overpopularity and excitement with Cuban cigars. He's saying between Dominican, Nicaragua, and uh, somewhere else that I can't remember right off the top of my head. Those are the places you want to get your cigars from uh, don't fall victim to the Cubans you're overpaying and they're quite frankly not as good second hour we tried to get through the second half of the 2022 Barbecue Central Show's year in review we got to the end of October so we have November and December to try and get through next week but that'll be tough and then we close it out with Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly once again his website big show plan for you next week Noah Glanville from Pit Barrel Cooker is in. Also, the Embedded Correspondence, and we're going to really try to squeeze those last two months of the year in review. But you tell me as I was going through it, can you believe we had all of that content and I left stuff out? That wasn't just a regurgitation. Those were the highlights. There was stuff that just didn't even make it in every month in that year in review. So... The amount of content is shocking. The amount of first-time guests is shocking, but the quality of content and the fidelity and the audio and the video all raising the bar. That's what we're here to do, giving you value, entertainment, fun, and frivolity, sometimes all separately, sometimes all at the same time. Why not? Until next uh, So how do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Happy Hanukkah as we are in the midst of it. Happy, happy, Merry Christmas coming up on Saturday, Christmas Eve, going into Sunday, Christmas Day, and we will see you back here Tuesday. I am a proud U.S. American. Good night now. This is Steve, the cookout coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.